This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It is Tuesday, August 16th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. Before we start, I just want to remind everyone to like and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the College Football Daily on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the Pitt Panthers, and joining me to discuss Pat Narduzzi's squad is Jerry DePaulo, who covers Pitt football for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review and TribLive.com. Jerry, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on and joining me. Good afternoon. I'm doing well. So, Jerry, it's a transition year of sorts for Pitt, right? Specifically on the offensive side of the ball, losing Kenny Pickett to the draft and Belinikoff winner Jordan Addison to USC. In addition, they changed offensive coordinators and brought in Frank Signetti to run that side of the ball. But they do bring in Keaton Slovis as a transfer quarterback. And let's start with him. What have you seen from Slovis so far in camp? You know, how has he progressed now with Pitt and really adjusted to a new scheme, new players, and just a new environment overall? Well, it's really hard for for us to tell because we don't get to watch 11-on-11 drills. All, all we do is see them throwing the ball around uh, for about 20 minutes uh, before they actually start doing the real football stuff. Uh, but he seems very poised out there. Uh, he actually had a minor, um, when he even said an injury, uh, he had uh, muscle spasms, back spasms, I guess, over the weekend and was limited to what he could do on Monday. But he was back again on, on uh, Wednesday because they were off on Tuesday and he practiced again today. He, th- he, throws, a, he throws a really nice, tight spiral uh, and he has some receivers that are very athletic, maybe not as accomplished as Jordan Addison, but these are guys who know how to get open, who've played football before. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Mumfield, who was a freshman All-American at Akron. Jared Wayne uh, has been a, uh, a productive receiver at Pitt for three seasons, going on four seasons now. Uh, he's, he, he's a senior, a big guy. He's sort of a, a guy who can uh, walk off the defender with his big body, but he still plays wide receiver and he can run, run very well. But we talk a lot about the running game, the passing game. But this year's team, I believe, is going to be running the ball much, much more than it did last season. It makes sense uh, that they, they threw the ball last year with Kenny Pickett, who's a Heisman Trophy finalist. Uh, Jordan Addison won a Blitnikoff. He made, made 100 catches, uh, 17 touchdowns. Of course, you're going to throw the ball a lot more. Now, with those guys gone, they're going to get back to a little bit more old school football, Pat Narduzzi style football. Signetti is back. Signetti is back for his third stint. As, as a pit assistant coach, he was the offense coordinator in 2009, uh, which is actually the, the, the best season uh, Pitt had in the last 40 years before last season. So I really believe that the, the the offensive line with five guys back who really like to be road graders, like to be run blockers, are going to run the ball a lot more. You know, with, with guys like uh, Rodney Hammond, uh, Izzy Abanacanda, and uh, Vincent Davis, you know, who uh, had a big game against Georgia Tech two years ago. Uh, so there's there's depth everywhere. 
but it's not going to be such a flashy offense as it was last year, I don't think, right? At least the way it looks right now. Yeah, not many uh, fake slides coming potentially from uh, from Keaton Slovis. And, you know, we talked about Jordan Addison moving on, and obviously a lot was made about his decision to do so this past offseason. But nevertheless, he's in Los Angeles now. And pit offensively, they have to make up for the loss, even if the offensive style is changing a little bit more towards the run. Who's vaulted themselves into wide receiver one category for the Panthers? And depth-wise, who's stepping up to ultimately help replace at least some of the production lost by Addison's departure? You know, if you want to say wide receiver one, it might be Mumfield, just because he was a freshman All-American, or Wayne, I, mean, I take that back, it'd be Wayne, because of his experience and his size uh, and his uh, past productivity. Mumfield might be the, the, the second guy. Uh, look out for a guy above means, uh, a, a late transfer to Pitt from Louisiana Tech, uh, who's making some strides at, at camp, and it looks like he's going to be uh, a, a deep playmaker for the Panthers. Uh, plus, they have some guys coming back from Inslee, Jalen Barden in, uh, in Bradley, a freshman last year, who didn't play a whole lot, but uh, showed some flashes. So there's some depth there. Uh, whether these guys are going to be as accomplished as Addison, don't expect that. But uh, I really think that with Wayne and with Mumfield, it means they're going to have three really good wide receivers. And before we move over to the defense, Signetti now back as offensive coordinator. I mentioned he previously was back in 2009. Again, a position he held a decade ago and, and was obviously at Pitt before that too. I know that they're going to try to go more towards the run, obviously not having Kenny Pickett anymore and not having Jordan Edison kind of dictates that. But have there been any other substantial changes to the overall scheme or have things pretty much stayed the same with just a few minor tweaks here and there? Well, the, the guys uh, the guys talk about how it's um, uh, mostly a um, lingo difference. Okay, you don't have, uh, you know, it's pretty much the same place, uh, but the Signetti's uh, system, he just calls it something different. Uh, and again, they're going to just, they're going to run the ball a lot more. There may be more different types of running plays, more different kinds of blocking schemes set up than what they had last year. But they also have a veteran offensive line coach in Dave Borbley. He was really done a good job developing these guys. Uh, he was talking today about you know, not only the five starters on the line, but uh, their backups are looking good too. And he said these backups would have been the starters this year and they would have been okay with those guys being the starters this year. So uh, I, I think that things won't change as, so much uh, for the, from the fan standpoint, other than you're not going to see Jordan Addison running by guys like he did last year. Jordan Addison ran by guys like they were telephone poles last year. I don't know if they're going to have that kind of playmaking deep speed that they had last year, but it should be good enough for them to win. I hate to make a prediction, but because um, it's, it's a tough schedule. We could talk about the schedule if you want, because I think it's more difficult than people are thinking about right now, but uh, they should be definitely in contention to uh, win the Coastal, and maybe it'll come down to that final game uh, a couple of days after Thanksgiving in November in Miami. We'll hear more from Jerry DiPaolo when we come back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So joined by Jerry DiPaolo. He covers pit football for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review and TribLive.com. We'll get to the schedule in a little bit, in a little bit. but defensively, certainly not the turnover that the offense has had to deal with in the skill positions. They do return a lot of talent on a unit that finished in the top 40 in total defense last season. How much better do you think this defense can get in 2022 with the pieces returning? And I guess if you could pinpoint a weak spot that needs to be shored up before week one, which position would you say it is? Well, the weak spot, if you're going to insist on having a weak spot, it's going to be linebacker. Uh, they lost three guys who were very productive last year. Uh, John Patrician, Phil Campbell, and, and Cam Bright. First two uh, went to... Uh, or exhausted their eligibility, and Bright transferred into Washington. But they have Servasia Dennis back, at middle linebacker, or he could play outside linebacker. And he, he made the big, big shovel pass interception against Clemson last year that everybody talked about. He's second team All ACC in the preseason. Or I'm sorry, no, he wasn't. They only had one first team in the ACC preseason, uh, but he was second team, pre- second team last season as a linebacker. They also brought in some uh, some transfers, Shane Simon from from Notre Dame and Tyler Wiltz from Missouri State of all places, uh, who, who seems to be making some strides at camp. And two two guys who are coming back, at least two guys who are coming back, uh, Bengali Kamara, who, who wears that number eleven, which is kind of a strange number to see at linebacker, but he'll be making some plays on the outside. And, and Solomon DeShields, guys who have some athletic ability and they look like they're big, big, strong, tough guys, but they have very little experience. That may be the one weak spot. Uh, the defensive line is probably as good as any in the country. Kalijah Kansi is back. He's a preseason All-American at defensive tackle. And I remember last year, Charlie Partridge, uh, the defensive line coach, talking about uh, watching the, the video of the uh, Virginia Tech game on the way back, on, on the plane, the way back home after that game. And he was, you know, sort of grading the thing so he can get his work done while on the plane. And all of a sudden, he ran into, he ran into a, a, a clip of Kansi, uh, just uh, devastating a running back. And he, he stopped short and he went, whoa, like like that. And then and the guys around him were all laughing because he knew what he was talking about. Cansey is, is one of those big-time hitters. Quick off the ball, he's going to have a lot of sacks. Pitt, you know, Pitt has really been they – they called themselves Blitzburg, which is what the Steelers used to call themselves in the 90s. They have 150-some sacks in the last three seasons, 107 in the last two seasons. Uh, they get, you know, get almost 50 every year. And they're talking about breaking the all-time NCAA record, which I think is in the 70s, uh, which is really ambitious. But uh, this is what this team is all about. Very ambitious. Uh, They don't talk about winning the ACC anymore. They're actually talking about it, and they're serious about it, trying to win a national championship. Whether that's possible or not, it's going to be very difficult to do. But uh, uh, you've got to aim high. Nothing wrong with aiming high, I guess, right? Yeah, nothing wrong with aiming high. You want to have that... uh championship mindset going into the season. And let's talk about the schedule, brought it up before. I think the ACC schedule is favorable in the fact that they avoid Clemson, they avoid Wake Forest. And of course, that Wake Forest game might change with obviously Sam Hartman's latest injury. 
and then they avoid NC State as well. But that non-conference is really tough. Obviously, the backyard brawl is back for the first time since 2011 with Pitt playing host. And they also get a good Tennessee team with a very potent offense, obviously, at home in week two. How important in your mind are those first two games of the season, even being non-conference ones, to just get things started on the right foot and continue the momentum from last year into this one? They're huge. Huge in the respect that this team wants to be one of the elite top 10 top five teams in the country. Uh, and if you can't win, you can't be 2-0 and oh coming out of that uh, two-game stretch, uh, you, you're just going to be another good ACC team, maybe. This is the first time since 1986 Pitt has opened up against two Power Five teams to start the season, West Virginia and Tennessee. And West Virginia may not be as difficult as Tennessee. I believe Tennessee could be one of the surprise teams in the SEC this season. Uh, Pitt beat them last year down there in Knoxville, but uh, it's not going to be that easy coming home. Uh, you know, every once in a while, you know, Pitt loses a game they shouldn't lose, and now they got to go to Western Michigan uh, in Kalamazoo after they got lost to Western Michigan last year uh, at Heinz Field. Uh, so you know it's not conference schedule is difficult, and then the conference schedule isn't as isn't as tough early in in the conference season. But four of their last six games are on the road, including that Miami game I talked about in North Carolina and Virginia. Again, North Miami is a, is a, is a top top ten or top twenty team, but the, and the other two aren't. But they also played Pitt very very tough last year. Pitt won both those games, North Carolina and Virginia at Heinz Field. Uh, but it was a, it was a struggle. In North Carolina took them into overtime. Uh, now they got to go on the road where Pitt has uh, you know hasn't fared that well against North Carolina on the road in recent seasons. And when you got to play four of your last six on the road, when all the stakes are there for you, it's not easy. And you know again, this team has a lot of experience, a lot of veteran guys who provide a lot of good leadership. If Keaton Slovis can play like he played as a freshman at USC when he started his career, which ended up with 7,500 yards passing. But if he you can play like he did in 2019, not as well as 20 in 20 and 21, but if he can play like he did in 19, Pitt has a chance to maybe win nine or 10 games. So Jerry, I'll get you out of here on this one. We talked about the turnover specifically on offense, a defense that obviously looks to stay strong, a schedule with definitely some tough points in it. With all that said, what do you think are reasonable expectations for Pitt this season with obviously a few big losses from last year's squad and a couple of unknowns entering 2022? Well, it's reasonable to expect him to win nine or 10 games. It really is. Even though the schedule is difficult with, with the appearance they have coming back. And there's something to be said for guys who are older too. Uh, their offensive line, every one of their off- starting offensive linemen are either 23 or 24 years old. Uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're also experienced, but they're also, you know, physically mature, uh, you, you know, more than you, the regular 19-year-old you see a lot in college football. Uh, so this is a team that should win nine or 10 games. Uh, and if it ends up winning, winning eight games, which isn't you know, out of the realm of possibility, it's going to be a huge disappointment to the fans. And once the fans taste the championship, they expect it every year. And it's going to be more difficult because I think Miami is, is, a, is a better team. And Miami beat Pitt last year. Uh, with Tyler Van Dyke, might be the best, probably is the best quarterback in the ACC, if not one of the top five or ten in the country. So it's going to be a difficult game down there. Uh, of course, that's way, way in the future in November. And they have a lot of games to play before then. But again, uh, if Slovis can play, like the the quarterback that uh, the USC saw in 2019, and they were thinking about you know, you know priming for the Heisman Trophy in, in subsequent seasons. Pitt has a chance to go out and win nine or ten games again. So some high expectations for the Panthers and Pat Narduzzi. You can follow Jerry on Twitter at jdepalo underscore trib. Jerry, thanks so much for coming on. Give me some time today. I really appreciate it. Okay, Lance. Thank you. Remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and like and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. For Jerry DePaulo, I'm Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily. Have a good Tuesday, everyone. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror.
A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with the pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.